Uh, yes, I'm very interested. How could I not be? Just let me know what you want me to do. Sure, I'll hold. Hi, I'm Jonathan the Great. As you can see from the sign behind me, usually I'd be here to talk about honesty. Honesty is choosing to be truthful in whatever you say and do. But the truth is, I can't really talk right now because I'm on the phone with Von Druk the Magnificent, one of the most famous escape artists in the world. And guess what? He wants me to perform live on stage in front of a whole room of escape artists at the annual Houdini convention next Wednesday night. I'm just waiting to see what escape he wants me to do. Uh, yes, Mr. Von Druk, I'm here. Uh-huh. Aha! Uh -huh. The hexagonal pretzel escape! <laughs> yes! Of course I can do the hexagonal pretzel escape. Every good escape artist can perform the hexagonal pretzel escape. <laughs> no problem. Yes! Okay. Great! See you Wednesday! <laughs> Bye! <laughs> yes! I can't believe this! The annual Houdini convention? And I'm... Headlining. I'll be world famous before you know it. Now, what is the hexagonal pretzel escape? What? How hard can it be? Uh oh. Pretty hard. How, how do you get your feet over your head? like that. Uh, um, well, today's story is about a guy who lied to get ahead. But let's just say that's not what he got. What have I got myself into? Morning, morning, morning everyone. As you've heard, this month Junior Church have been looking at the importance of honesty, of uh, telling the truth, because lies and half-truths are not only bad, they're not only wrong, they're not only helpful, but they often create a mess. They can kind of leave you all tangled up, as we've already been hearing, because a lie can trip you up. A lie can kind of backfire on you and end up causing you more harm and more hassle and bigger problems. Sometimes, Whenever people are, are kind of dishonest and twist the truth, they do it, as Mark said right at the start, they do it to help themselves. But as the bottom line remains, it's often what happens is you actually hurt yourself whenever you are dishonest. And so I'm going to tell a story about someone who did that and who learned the hard way. He's called Haman. And we read his story in the Old Testament book of Esther. Now, this, by the way, is the PG version of this story. I did have a 12A version, but the British Board of Story Classification reeled me in and made me make it a PG. So, uh, that, for those of you who know the story and are quite anxious about where I'm going to go with this, relax, okay? So, Haman, here he is. He was a pretty important man. The king, Xerxes, had promoted Haman to a top job a top position in his government and in his kingdom. Haman occupied a kind of seat of really high honor. He was, if you like, he was the top dog in the land. 
just below the king. Haman was so important that whenever he walked out of the palace gates, all the other royal officials would bow down to him. Haman had arrived. But there was a problem. One man called Mordecai wouldn't kneel whenever Haman walked past. Mordecai was a Jew. The Jews were God's chosen people at that time, but they had been captured. Some of them were able, like Mordecai, to work for the king in order to earn a living. Mordecai did his job so well that King Xerxes really liked him. But there's some other really important information you need to know about Mordecai before we go back to Haman. The first is this. Mordecai had a cousin. She was called Esther. Now, this story twists and turns, so you really need to stick with me. So Mordecai had a cousin called Esther, and she was, again, have to be really careful, she was so attractive. The way the Bible described, now I'm just quoting the Bible here, okay? You need to hear me on this. This is just Esther chapter 2, verse 7, verbatim. Esther had a lovely figure and was beautiful. That was Esther. She was drop-dead gorgeous, okay? <laughs> now, the thing is, Mordecai had adopted Esther to be his daughter because Esther's mom and dad had died whenever she was younger. Now, King Xerxes, back to him, he had recently decided to replace the current queen. She had done something to annoy him, and so he got rid of her. And so he sent out a search party to find him a new partner. And to cut a long story short, Esther was chosen to become the new king. But here's the thing. Nobody knew that she was a Jew. And nobody, you've got to remember this, nobody knew that Mordecai was her adoptive dad. Here's one other piece of information about Mordecai you need to know. One day, he discovered a plot to assassinate King Xerxes. Two other men who worked for the king had decided to kill the king. Mordecai overheard their conversation, overheard their plans, and so Mordecai went to Esther and said, Esther, you need to go to the king and tell him what I've discovered. The king listened to Esther, sent some of his boys round to investigate the allegation, discovered that it was true, and had the two men done in. Okay? PG version. Mordecai, in other words, and this is, this is the thing you need to remember, Mordecai saved the king's life. Okay. Back to Haman. Haman hates Mordecai. Dislikes him intensely. Now, just to check you've been following, what did Mordecai not do that really annoyed Haman? He wouldn't do what? Yeah. Bow down. Brilliant. He wouldn't bow down. So, Haman hates Mordecai. 
to the point where he wants to kill him. But he discovers that Haman is a Jew. And so, or Mordecai, sorry, is a Jew. And so Haman decides, let's not just kill Mordecai. Let's kill all the Jews throughout the entire land. But to do that, and here's where it gets complicated. To do that, Haman needs the king's help, the king's permission. So, what Haman starts to do is he starts twisting the truth. He starts telling lies in order to get his own way and to look after himself. And so what he does is he goes into the king and he says, King, there is a certain people, he doesn't say who they are, there is a certain people in this land who are dangerous. It's not true. At very best, it's a half-truth. It's not the whole truth. Secondly, this people, all of them, every single one of them, are incredibly disobedient. Again, not true. Mordecai is a Jew. He's incredibly obedient. The other thing that Haman does is he makes this outrageous suggestion. He says to the king, if you agree, if you agree to kill every Jew in the land, I will pay you tons of cash. To be exact, 340 tons of silver into the royal bank account, if you say yes. So, King Xerxes, and this is not too clever, he doesn't ask any questions, because he just thinks that Haman's telling the whole truth and nothing but the truth. He trusts Haman. And so, King Xerxes says, okay, I, I agree with your plan. You go and arrange the annihilation of all the Jews, plus you set a date when it's going to happen. But I tell you what, keep your cash. Right? So Haman is delighted because now he knows Mordecai, the one who won't bow down to me, he's going to die. Now, when Mordecai hears about this horrible plan, because this date of annihilation, this date when all the Jews are going to be killed is announced, it's broadcast, it's set. And when Mordecai hears this, He's deep, deeply distraught to the point where he cries his eyes out, tears his clothes, and puts on sackcloth and ashes. Now, whenever Queen Esther hears about Mordecai, and remember, Mordecai is her adoptive dad. When she hears that her dad is sitting in sackcloth and ashes, she sends some people to find out what's wrong with him. Mordecai sends a message back to Queen Esther to tell her about Haman's evil plan and to ask her, will you go and plead with your husband, plead with him to save our people? But there's a big problem with that idea. You still with me now? Twists and turns, yeah? Big problem with that idea. In those days, you didn't just decide, I, I, 
I would like a chat with the king, so we'll go and see him. You had to be invited, even if you were his wife. No comment. <laughs> the, problem, the problem here is that it's been 30 days since Queen Esther had an appointment with King Xerxes. 30 days. And if anybody just walked into the king's presence without being invited, they could be put to death. Well, when, Mac when Mordecai hears this, he's even more distressed. And so he sends word back to Esther. He says, Esther, I, I know this is going to be really hard, but I need you to take a risk. I need you to step well outside of your comfort zone. I need you to actually go and speak to the king as soon as possible. Otherwise, all our people, including me, including you, are going to die. What pressure. So Esther thinks about this. And Esther sends word back to Mordecai and says, Mordecai, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go to all the Jewish people and I want you to tell them to pray for me. And I want you to tell them to fast for three days. And after three days, after people have been praying for me and fasting before God, I will then go and speak to the king. So three days pass. Esther steps well and truly outside of protocol. She must have been so nervous, so anxious. But when she enters the king's presence... He's delighted to see her. Absolutely delighted to see her. And he turns around and he says, Esther, Esther what do you want? What, what, what do you want me to do for you? So Esther invites her husband for a meal. But she says, I want you to bring Haman, which he does. And so while they're eating and drinking together, the king turns around to Esther and says, right, Esther, what is it you want? And Esther says, I tell you what, I want you to come back tomorrow for another meal. And I want you to bring Haman. So Haman goes away from the meal, heads home to get a decent night's sleep. But on his way home, he walks out through the palace gate. Everybody bows. Mordecai doesn't. Haman this time is absolutely irate. He just wants to punch his lights out. Okay? But he decides to restrain himself. He holds back because he knows it's only a matter of days. It's only a matter of days until that date rolls around and Mordecai will be dead. So Haman goes home for a sleep. When he arrives home, tells his family about the situation. And his family say, I tell you what, why don't we arrange that when that date rolls round, we'll arrange that Mordecai actually dies right outside our house. And so they agreed to that. Back at the palace, the king can't sleep. And so he asks a servant to read him a story. The king loves history. So the servant decides to read him a history story. And as he's reading the history story, it includes the incident where Mordecai saves the king's life. 
the king sits up in bed and says, hang on a wee minute, what was ever done to say thank you to Mordecai? The answer, nothing. Nothing was ever done. So, the king gets out of bed, sends for his right-hand man, who is Haman, and says to Haman, Haman, got a question for you. What do you think I should do for someone who I want to honor? What do you think I should do? Well, Haman thinks to himself, he's obviously talking about me. So here's what I think you should do, King Xerxes. You should put a robe on him, one with a really nice badge, right? Crest, sorry, crest, badge, stroke. You should set him on a horse, but it's got to be a royal horse, and it's got to be a horse that you have ridden. And then, he's thinking on his feet here now. So am I. No, I'm not. And then, and then he says, what you should do is parade him around the streets saying, this is what is done to the man who the king longs to honor. Well, the king, when he hears this idea, thinks, Haman, brilliant. That is why I appointed you to that position. Top dog, Haman. Here's what I want you to do. Now get this. So Haman's sitting there. Yep, tell me. Haman's sitting there. And the king turns around and says, I want you to go and get Mordecai. Put a robe on him. Set him on a horse. Lead him through the city streets. And say, this is what is done for the man who the king longs to honor. And Haman has to do that. You can only imagine how he must have felt. But before he has time to feel really awful, he remembers once he brings Mordecai back, he remembers, I've got to go for that meal now. And so he goes and has his second meal with the king and with Esther. During the meal, the king then turns around to Esther and says, right, Esther, yesterday I asked you, what did you want me to do for you? And you told me to come back today and have another meal with him, and here we are. So I'm asking you again, Esther, darling, what is it you want me to do for you? And Esther says this. King Xerxes, I, I'm a Jew. She reveals her identity. And you know what that means? That means that I want you to spare all the Jews. I want you to pull back. I want you to tear up that date of annihilation. I want you not to follow through with the thing you said you were going to do. There's one other thing, King Xerxes. My people were sold to be destroyed by a man. The king looks at her. And he says, who is the man who dared to dream up such a horrendous plan? And the queen looks at Haman, points at him, says it's him. And the king is so angry that he gives orders for Haman to be killed. And guess what? He arranges for Haman to be killed right outside his own house at the very place 
where he had organized Mordecai to die. You see, Haman was dishonest. He told lies to get his own way. And whenever you lie to help yourself, you hurt yourself instead. And Haman learned that lesson a very, very hard way. When Haman lied to the king, he thought he was helping himself, when really he was in for a world of hurt. And believe me, I know how that feels. Why on earth did I tell Von Druk the Magnificent I knew how to do this escape? I guess I just wanted to impress him, you know? Have you ever done that? Have you ever told a story about yourself that wasn't completely true? Maybe you stretch the truth a bit to make yourself look cool. Or maybe you blame someone for something you did so you wouldn't get in trouble. In any case, oh, when you lie, you're not helping yourself. I mean, maybe you'll help yourself for a little while, but sooner or later, the truth's going to come out. And then your trouble will be double. You'll put yourself in a position that isn't easy to get out of. Ah, ow, ah. The one thing to remember today is this. When you lie to help yourself, you hurt yourself instead. And now I have to make an embarrassing phone call to Von Druk. Oh, tell him I can't do the escape after all. Now, which pocket did I leave my phone in?